Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Merry Christmas, everyday Americans. This is the last episode before the holiday. So I want to take some time and enjoy this festive season with you. I know not everyone celebrates Christmas, and that's fine. See, while the push to replace Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays has waned lately, I would hope that anyone who does not celebrate Christmas would take the traditional greeting and the sentiment of peace and goodwill with which it is offered. I would also hope that those who do celebrate Christmas would accept the greetings of Happy Hanukkah or Happy Kwanzaa the same way. Now, as we prepare our own traditional celebrations, I do have one question I would like to answer today. Should the American people expect a present in their stockings or a lump of coal? Now, before I get started into anything else, I want to take a look at the actual holiday of Christmas. As I mentioned, uh, there were many years where Christmas was being replaced by happy holidays. You saw it in stores, we saw it on the media, we saw it in, in, in news and entertainment, and I found that very interesting because the reason people said this was, well, people might find Christmas offensive. Funny, do people find President's Day offensive? We don't call that happy. We don't say happy holidays for President's Day or for Valentine's Day or for Thanksgiving. Now, thankfully, this process has waned. But one thing I like to remind people this time of year, anyone who uh, uh, feels they need to promote this you know, happy holidays over and above the uh, uh, traditional Merry Christmas, I want to remind them that the actual federal holiday is Christmas. Now, under Title IV, Section 6 of the United States Code, which deals with the, the display of the flag, uh, Section uh, D says the flag should be displayed on all days, especially on uh, New Year's Inauguration Day. They go through a whole bunch of holidays, and guess what's in there? Christmas Day, December 25th. See, there's, they recognize that Christmas Day is a day when we make sure we display the flag. That's not all. See, under Title V, Section 6103 of the United States Code, which deals with uh, the government organization and its employees, under the list of holidays, the following, it lists, uh, the, the le following legal holidays, one of which being Christmas Day, December 25th. So there is nothing wrong, there should be nothing insulting about it wishing someone a Merry Christmas. Now again, if you don't celebrate Christmas or, or for some reason you don't want to promote Christmas and you just want to say Happy Holidays, you know what, we should take that response the exact same way. You are wishing goodwill and greetings on other people and I think it's time the American people stop looking for ways to be offended. And there's other reasons to, to celebrate Christmas, especially in the United States. Christmas played, uh, or Christmas Day, was involved in, in key turning points, key roles in, in our fight for independence. 
We're all familiar with Washington and his crossing of the Delaware to uh, attack the Hessians in New Jersey. That happened Christmas Day, December 25th, 1776. I believe it was the first real win Washington had as the Continentals were, were fighting against the British and their mercenaries. Then one year later, in 1777, we have the famous Valley Forge, where the, the army had, had encamped for the winter, again, without sufficient stocks, without sufficient food, shelter, even proper clothing. That, again, was Christmas Day, 1777. And a decade later, in 1787, George Washington paid 18 shillings to have a camel brought to Mount Vernon for a show. See, live nativity scenes are n not something new. They apparently had them back in the, in the 18th century. But Christmas is more than that as well. See, when I grew up, we spent less time worrying, or at least focusing on, on our differences. We, we had this ideal that America would be a melting pot where people from around the world could come and we could enjoy what made each other unique. We, we could share in their, in their blessings as well as share in their labors. So, you know, I, I remember learning over the years the, the number of Christmas traditions that come from around the world. The, the Christmas tree, I believe, is German or Bavarian or somewhere around there. Um, even the idea of, of presents for Christmas, a lot of that came from our, our English ancestry. There's so much there. And I'm sure every family has their own traditions. And uh, it'd be very interesting to see where these traditions come from. Now, for me and my family, um, Christmas traditions have changed over time. When I was a child, when I was a young boy, um, I used to go to my grandparents every weekend. We, we would go there for Christmas. And I can still remember, I can still see it in my mind's eye. My grandparents' living room, great big stone fireplace, stockings hanging from it, little artificial Christmas tree on a table over in the corner that the presents would be shoved under after my sister and I had gone to sleep. I remember sitting there because I was older. I'm the older brother and reading Twas the Night Before Christmas to my sister many, many, many years. I can still feel the fabric of the couch when I think about it. I remember going to bed and, and when we lived there, when we would spend time with my grandparents, um, I would often, I would go to sleep in my parents' room. And then when they went to bed, I slept on a convertible sofa in the living room. So I would literally wake up Christmas morning to the Christmas display, right? The stockings are all filled, the presents under the tree. My, my grandmother always had something for my sister and I to snack on uh, because we were not allowed to wake the family up until a certain time of the day. In fact, I even remember negotiating with my parents when we could wake them up for Christmas morning. These are all pleasant memories I have of, of sitting uh, on that, on that fold-out bed with my sister going through our stockings and seeing what we had gotten and then sitting around while presents were passed out. Those are fond memories of my childhood. Again, as we got older, some of the traditions changed. My, uh, we moved uh, uh, upstate New York. We, we had, my parents had their own house. We started our own, our own traditions there. And then when I started my family, you know, we started our own traditions. I remember first being married, and of course, who, which house do you go to on the holidays? And uh, we had agreed that uh, we'd spend Christmas Eve with my parents and we'd go out to dinner. There was this Italian restaurant 
near where they lived. And they would do a traditional Italian Christmas Eve feast. It was all you could eat. It was all, it was all fish, but it was all you could eat. And we'd have a wonderful time. And I remember Christmas Day at my in-laws' place because they had they had families with smaller children. It was you know the the rambunctiousness of tearing open presents and and sharing. And of course, there was always the big meal. My my mother-in-law always made a beautiful spread, and we would sit around the table. And oh boy, I, I I still remember those days. You know, I I still remember my my wife grew up in a dairy farm so her her father and her uncles and her brothers they all literally grew up in barns give you an idea of the volume of the communications we would have during those and those are all fond memories but the fondest memory i have comes down to the times i would spend remembering why we celebrate this season for me it's the day we remember as a nation the birth of the child jesus I know not everybody believes in Jesus, not everybody follows Jesus. And again, that's fine. But for me, Christmas is important because of Jesus, that he is the reason for the season. So when my daughter was born, our tradition in our household was every Christmas day, before we opened presents, we would read Luke chapter 2. And as she got older, it went from you know me reading to her to her reading it to us and those those are those are fond memories. This idea that we we set aside a a day to remember. We have a a season when we we think about peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Whether you tr- celebrate Christmas, whether you believe in Jesus or not, I think a time spent enjoying that, celebrating that, allowing the fact that other people are different. That we don't have to agree 100% in order to get along. That we should seek peace on earth. We start by seeking peace in our own lives with, with family and friends and neighbors. We speak with you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It seems so often today we focus on ill will. Whether, you know, it, whether it's social media or the news, or just how we interact with each other. It seems so often we assume ill will of the others. What happened to goodwill toward men? To assuming the best in why people do what they do. We may disagree with how they're doing it, but even I find myself at times assuming ill will towards certain people. And and that's something I really want to break. I'm not saying we simply uh, ignore the facts, but let's let's at least give someone the benefit of the doubt for as long as we can, for as much as we can. That, to me, is the Christmas season. You know, it's funny. One of our traditions is there is a series of Christmas movies my family watches every year between Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. We always start with While You Were Sleeping. If you're not familiar with that, that's a... Uh, um, a Sandra Bullock, uh, uh, it's a Christmas movie, it's a funny movie, it, it happens o- over the Christmas season. We always start on that on th- uh, Thanksgiving evening, and Christmas Eve is always a Christmas carol with George C. Scott. And to me, you know, th- that those bookends say so much about the loneliness we feel, what we will do to avoid it, 
and the lack of charity that seems so frequently in our hearts. This is a time to remember, to remember Christmas, not just as a, a holiday. Hopefully to remember Christmas for why we have it, to remember the not just the birth of Jesus, but to extend the love that he gave to us to others. That includes not, you know, treating them the way you would want to be treated. It includes loving them enough to tell them the facts, but also loving them enough not to shove it down their throats. So as we prepare, and again, this is a unique Christmas. I cannot remember the last time Christmas Day fell on a Sunday. And this is also the first time that I'll be preaching on that Sunday. So, uh, you know, I've been, I've been spending time preparing my sermon for that. And all of these are kind of rolling around in my head and in my heart at this time. So as I'm preparing for this weekend, and I think about those who listen to me in this program, I think about the people I've met this year, the, those who, who had never heard of me before, but wanted to come see what this weird guy talking about the Constitution was talking about. Or those who have contacted me saying, oh, I've, you know, we've been listening to you, and it's so great to meet you. I've had a few of those situations. You know, people that reach out and say, I've been listening to you, and we just love it and enjoy it. And, you know, that there's, a, there's a feeling to that that uh, uh, I suppose could easily become addictive. But as I'm preparing for Christmas, and I remember the stories, the traditions, right, the, the Christmas stocking. And we were told as children, you know, was Santa Claus going to bring you uh, a lump of coal or presents? Now, we never did much with Santa Claus and my family here, but uh, it, it made me think as, as we approach, should we be expecting presents in our stockings metaphorically, or should we be expecting coal? What's the saying? You know, you know, Santa's made a list who, the, uh, who's naughty and who's nice. Have we been naughty to each other or have we been nice to each other? The amount of vitriol I, I can remember that I've experienced over this year, and I think of, well, that will certainly be a naughty list and maybe deserving of some coal. But also as those who, as a counterpoint to those who have lavished praise on me, I think it maybe is a good counterpoint, not to let my head get too swelled. So I hope you'll join me. The rest of the program, I want to take a look at some news and, and kind of see if we can unravel this question of do we deserve presence, do we deserve coal, and maybe start thinking about what we can do to make 2023 a better year than 2022 was. But before I go, well, as always, I want to remind you to take a look at HealthyCell.com. Now, this time of year, we're going to parties, we're meeting lots of people, shaking hands, hugging. It's easy to get a bug. Now, one thing you do is to make sure that your immune system is ready to deal with that. That's where Immune Super Boost from Healthy Cell comes in. See, so it supports your immune system while you're on the go with a simple, easy-to-use, travel-ready gel pack full of immune-boosting nutrients. Over a dozen immune supplements in that one travel-ready gel pack. I use it. My family uses it. It's a wonderful way to make sure you don't get sick over the holidays, or at least help not get sick over the holidays. 
Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order of Immune Super Boost or anything on Healthy Cell's website. So go to HealthyCell.com, put your card together. I recommend the Immune Super Boost, but they've got a lot of great products. And use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So once again, go to HealthyCell.com, put your card together, use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. Let every heart prepare him room And heaven and nature sing And heaven and nature sing And heaven and heaven and nature sing Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We're heading into a busy holiday season. That means lots of strains, uh, difficulty with sleeping, concentration, and threats to your immune system. This is a perfect time to stock up on healthy cell. Focus in memory for better uh, mental acuity. The REM sleep supplement for a full night's sleep with good sleep architecture and a great restfulness when you wake up the next day. And then the Immune Super Boost, which provides your immune system all it needs in a microgel formulation to keep your immune system healthy and to be able to fight those viral and bacterial pathogens that are just around the corner with holiday gatherings. So when you think about the holidays, think of Healthy Cell. Go to America Out Loud Talk Radio website, click on the banner bar to get to Healthy Cell and get a discount on your first purchase. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Yes, everyday Americans, I wish you a merry little Christmas, whether you celebrate Christmas or not. Here at the Constitution Study, we are looking forward to the Christmas celebration, and we're trying to look at, do we deserve presents 
or coal in our stockings? Well, the only way to find out is to take a look. And of course, there's been a lot that's happened over this year. I don't have time to get into all of it, but there's a, a couple of, of news articles, a couple of pieces of news, I think, will give us a good idea of, of whether or not uh, what, what we actually deserve for uh, in our Christmas stockings. Now, by now, you may have heard that, uh, well, the government's working on a new omnibus bill. Uh, I think omnibus bill should, omnibus should be a word for, uh, yeah, we're going to steal your money. Because this omnibus, maybe better term for omnibus, omnibus seems to be hogs feeding at a trough. Because that's what it seems to be in this, um, in this omnibus bill. Now, again, this has happened because for the last nine or ten months, Congress has ignored its responsibility to come up with a budget and with appropriations bills to fund the the government and and its expenditures, the constitutional ones or not. And of course, they leave it to the last minute because they want to rush it through. I think they released it at what one o'clock in the morning, uh, and it's over four thousand pages, one point six six trillion dollars. I mean, this is this is really kind of. Um, to me, this is this is not uh, nice behavior. If I put this on the naughty to nice scale, this seems to be pretty naughty to me. And apparently, I'm not the only one. Uh, at a press conference, a reporter asked uh, Senator Schumer, the majority leader, um, well, what he asked a comment, he asked a question about the uh, the process for the bill. A functional <laughs> process to drop a 4,100 page bill. This morning, expect to vote on it tomorrow. Well, most of Congress has had a chance to review this. Look, the bill has been carefully worked on by the Appropriations Committee for a very, very long time. Uh, most of the provisions of the bill were well known weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. And uh, getting this bill done for the American people, which really matters, is the most important thing. Uh, again, I'm looking at this going, wait a second. Um, so it's been worked on by weeks and weeks by a small group of people in the Senate. He said most of the provisions have been known, but most of the provisions haven't been voted on. And how do we know that the provisions that were talked about were the ones in the bill if there's no time to read the bill? Again, the bill is 4,155 pages long. It apparently was was uh, uh, dropped on the senators, and that's probably an appropriate term, at something like 1, 1.30 in the morning, and they wanted to vote the next day. Where's the opportunity for debate? There isn't one. But you see, Chuck Schumer's quite happy to have a, a small cadre of senators led by Democrats put together this pork-laden omnibus behemoth this, you know, you might call it a Christmas feast for the hogs because this is full of pork. And of course, the last thing I guess he would want is to have time for uh, the representatives of the states to actually read what's in the bill, not hearsay, not what they heard in the news or what they were told. What is the actual language in the bill? Does anyone else hear echoes of Nancy Pelosi saying, we'll have to pass the bill to see what's in the bill? That to me is is certainly not that that is naughty behavior. That that should get not only the the Senator Schumer and the leadership in the Senate on both sides. They that's not put them on on the naughty list. But anybody who votes for this monstrosity should be on the naughty list. 
But Paul, the government will shut down if we don't pay for this. Good. Because the government won't really shut down. Non-essential services will shut down. And the politicians will try to make the American people's lives miserable for denying them their pork-laden trough of goodies just in time for the Christmas holiday. Now, Rand Paul had his own press conference where he asked a very important question. But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now. Let's get it done. Why are you standing in the way of spending? Well, the real question is this. What is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? $1.1 trillion in new debt, or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win. It's a big win. We're getting $45 billion for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put $45 billion into the military? Or are we more at risk by adding to a $31 trillion debt? I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt. The process stinks. It's an abomination. It's a no-good, rotten way to run your government. $6 trillion entity, and they want 24 hours to process this, and then they want to go forward. The American people don't want this. They're sick and tired of it. They're paying for it through the nose with inflation. Adding a trillion dollars to the deficit will simply fuel the fires that are consuming our wages and consuming our retirement plans. It's a terrible system. Someone needs to stand up. We're standing up, and we're going to say no. Now, yes, I, that little bleep was I did cut some stuff out. He talked about uh, amendments he wants to offer, and, and um, I have no problem with them, uh, but it wasn't the, the point I was trying to make. What we have here is a not a lump of coal. We have a giant pile of coal being dumped into the American people's stocking, and it seems very few people are willing to stand up and do anything about it. Obviously, Schumer isn't interested in doing anything. By the way, neither is Mitch McConnell. You heard uh, Senator Paul say that the Republicans are happy simply because they get money for the military. $1.1 trillion is a lot to spend for $45 billion for the military. I mean, let's face it. If you went to the gas station, you bought $10 worth of gas, and your credit card company showed uh, uh, you know, $250 for that $10 payment, uh, you'd be a little upset. That's roughly the numbers that we're dealing with here. But it's not just, you know, the, what are the senators doing? What are the American people doing? Remember, we just had an election. And was it 96% of the senators were reelected? 96% of incumbent uh, senators were reelected. And they're the ones that put out this nonsense. So, if we are getting coal in our stocking, if inflation continues to, to not only persist, but to rise in 2023, we have no one to blame but ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. We voted these people in, and we're continuing to vote the same type of people in, and then we wonder why we keep getting coal in our Christmas stocking. It's because we keep acting badly and, and promoting the idea that, that uh, we can steal from our neighbors, we can steal from our children, we can steal from future generations so that we don't have to deal with the consequences of our own actions. Yes, the American people deserve coal in their stocking for this type of spending, and this is nothing new. This is not something that's like, oh, well, it just happened. No, this has been going on my entire lifetime. 
it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And sooner or later, th there's got to be a reckoning. Uh, you know, whatever metaphor you use, there's got to come a point where people stop trusting the, the American government. They stop looking at the United States saying, you know, you're you're borrowing money like crazy. You have no way you could possibly pay this back. Why do we keep lending money to you? And of course, that, that money we borrow does not come free. Now, you have to recognize we have been in an extended period of extremely low interest rates. Even though fiscal year 2022, we spent $475 billion just in interest payments, net interest payments. That's up almost that's up almost 125 billion from the year before. It was 352 in fiscal 21. It's 475 in fiscal 22. Guess where it's going? See, you, you heard all those uh, those uh, stories about interest rates going up, the Fed raising interest rate. Well, that also impacts the ability, you know, that that well that deals with the Federal Reserve system. That same interest, those same types of rate changes happen on the market when the federal government borrows money. In fact, it's expected that by 2020, fiscal 25 or 26, we may hit the point where the federal government spends more money paying interest on the debt than we do for our national defense. Now, this is because we have a 31 trillion dollar debt. I know it's a mind-boggling number. The, the only way I can give you some sense of scale, if you were to take $100 bills and you were to stack them, right, one on top of the other, and you were to stack $1 trillion in $100 bills, that stack would be over 31,000 miles tall. It would go beyond the altitude, almost twice the altitude of the International Space Station. We're dealing with tremendous amounts of money. And what is Congress's solution? Is it to buckle down? Is it to, to tighten the belt? Is it to, to do anything to rein in spending? No. No, their solution is to put another $1.1 trillion on our, on our debt, on our, our backs, on our children's backs, and to do it in the middle of the night with no opportunity to, for open debate, no, no notification, nothing for the American people to see, nothing to, to for, you know, not even to give senators a chance to read it. That seems, not, that seems like a reason for coal in the stocking. And as I said, I'm not just talking about the, uh, uh, the senators. I'm talking about you and me. We have allowed this to happen. The debt has been nothing new. Again, it's been growing my entire lifetime. I remember Ronald Reagan complaining about the debt back when it was under a trillion dollars. These numbers are astronomical. We've been spending money behind, beyond our means because we always figured someone else would pay for it. That is a sense of greed that and entitlement that uh, does not bode well for the American people. So I'm sorry, when it comes to our fiscal house, the American people deserve a lump of coal. They deserve a giant lump of coal in their stocking. And if you come to think about it, this winter, they may wish they had gotten coal in their stockings because there are going to be a lot of people that may need it to heat their homes. 
as we've destroyed our energy sector and there's not enough uh, gas and oil to heat many of our homes. There's not enough electricity to heat many of our homes. Yeah, mm, I think we deserve that chunk of coal. In fact, I guess we may be asking for that lump of coal. But let's bring this into the, the season. Uh, there are a lot of people out there, I believe, that are borrowing money to buy big Christmas presents. Now, how you deal with your money is your business, but uh, it's been my experience that when you borrow money to buy Christmas presents, well, yeah, you're you're not only emulating the federal government, you're putting yourself in the same in the same situation. Now, again, it's your money; you spend it however you want. As for me and mine, well, we don't borrow money to uh, uh, to, to buy Christmas presents. We actually save money throughout the year so that at the end of the year, we've got a little money set aside for buying Christmas presents. Now, my daughter's an adult. Um, there are no children in our family right now, so we're not buying a lot of Christmas presents. We decided that you know, spending money on lavish gifts for people who are pretty much have what they want anyway didn't make a lot of sense. So um, you know, we've, we've scaled down our, our Christmas presents anyway. But even when we were buying presents, and we were buying a lot more presents, we never borrowed money to do it. I think it really takes the, the shine off the season when, uh, you know, you, you got that nice pretty present and they, they tore it open and there were all those smiles and everybody was happy until the credit card bill came. And I had to figure out how you're going to pay for all that stuff. I mean, if the American people can't figure out how to deal with money, why should we expect our representatives in the, in the House or the state's representatives in the states to do any better? Especially when they have a credit card with effectively an unlimited credit limit on it. Now, no, there's not a lot of joy in that story, but let me, let me remind you, the American people have always been, or generally been, a resilient people. We've dealt with these with financial issues before, financial pressures. Some of them made by our own decisions. Some of them made by the decisions of the people we hire in government. We got through the depression. We got through. We've gone through recessions. We've gone through an oil embargo. We've gone through a lot of things. The real question is: Are we going to learn from our past mistakes? Are we going to learn from the pain we suffered back then, or are we going to repeat them over and over again? making the same mistakes we've always made, expecting a different outcome, as Albert Einstein would, would describe it as being insane. You know, there's there's a, a one part of the uh, Senator Paul interview I, I did not play for you. Uh, he talked about the PAYGO rules, rules that had been passed previously that prevented Congress from uh, increasing spending without having offsets. Interestingly enough, those PAYGO rules seem to have just disappeared. So I warned people when they were first passed, I said, this is not a fix. This is a paper tiger. Congress does not follow the rules. They didn't follow the rules then. What would make them think they would follow the rules in the future? Well, you see right here, they aren't following the rules now. This is the, the, the same problem we have. It's, it's not the rules. It's the character of the people that are supposed to follow the rules. And the American people have decided they're more interested in the donkeys and elephants than they are in the character of the people following, that, that, are, that are making the rules or are supposed to follow the rules. Because we refuse to hold them accountable for their bad 
behavior. So uh, if I receive the proverbial lump of coal in my stocking this Christmas, well, I'll use it as a reminder that I still need to do better. I need to do better educating people, letting them know what the rules are, what the limits are, what the Constitution actually says. Now, now through New Year's, you can get 20% off my books at constitutionstudy.com. Whether you want to read the Constitution, study the Constitution, they're all available there. Just go to constitutionstudy.com slash shop. I'm also offering 50% off my Constitution study. So you go to constitutionscholars.com, you can purchase the Constitution study, 50% off. That means you not only get the recordings of last year's studies, you'll get the invitation to this the 2023 study once I've set it up. So please check that out. Also, please you know head to America Out Loud. It should be your daily stop for news and happenings. There are all sorts of great stories, articles, podcast videos, not just from me, but from many of the other from all the other contributors at America Out Loud. But do us a favor, don't just hold on to these, share them with friends and family so we can all enjoy the blessings of liberty. Yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas And a Happy New Year Good times Yes, everyday Americans, we here at the Constitution Study wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year even as we look back at a bit of 2023 and decide whether or not uh, we should expect coal or presents in our stocking um, right now it's not looking good, uh, as far as presents. It looks like it's going to be a lot of coal in our stockings as a nation, right? Not individually, but as a nation. Uh, for example, you may have heard the, the January 6th panel, uh, the kangaroo court known as the select committee. Yes, it was a kangaroo court. It was unconstitutional. It was, it was illegal. It, it violated. In fact, there were, there was criminal activity, 
on the uh, on the panel. Uh, but um, I find it interesting. You know, it's it's pretty rare that I will agree with Hakeem Jeffries, but there's one thing I'm going to agree with him. The January 6th pa- uh, panel will go down in history as one of the most important moments of, con- of congressional inquiry ever in the Republic. Now, he thinks that's a good thing. I think it's going to go down in infamy. Because what you have here is a, a partisan panel claiming the authority, the cloak of a court, yet following none of the rules of the court, no due process, no procedures. They even, not, not only did they intentionally pick a biased panel, every member of the, of the, of the uh, committee was hand-picked by Nancy Pelosi. And for some reason, she didn't pick the, uh, the, the people the Republicans first put up. No, she decided to pick two Republicans that uh, were, well, let's just call them anti-Trumpers. They, they hated this guy. So as a jury that they were, that they were claiming to, to act at in part, um, they didn't do very well. They certainly were not in a, a, a fair jury. As a court, as I said, they denied due process. They denied. Uh, uh, they they provide. They 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 provided the prosecution. They themselves were the prosecution, and they prov- did not provide for a defense. The uh, uh, even when they brought people up, they the, the the information was restricted. And let's not forget, the Constitution does not delegate to Congress investigatory powers. The only powers they have is to make legislature. I should the, the, their tasks involve writing laws. Um, this had nothing to do with writing laws. This was a political witch hunt, and it was done in prime time. It was done before the American people. It was blatantly biased. It was blatantly unconstitutional. And now this this uh, committee is recommending charges against Trump to the Department of Justice, again, something they have no legal authority to do, and based on what? This is, I mean, this is, this is going to go down in history as a travesty of, of congressional inquiry. And by the way, no, I'm not simply picking on the Democrats, because guess what? The Republicans are already calling for a, a church committee-style investigation into what was done, into the FBI and Twitter. They're going to do the same thing. See, the, the, there's a reason why the politicians were not given the power of investigation because it becomes politicized. And if your future, if, if, if charges are drawn up, if, if recommendations are drawn up by politicians, we're not a republic. We're a banana republic. This has been a black eye on freedom on justice on the rule of law in the in the American Republic and um, sadly yeah this this moment in history is a moment of should be a moment of shame not a moment of uh, elation now if you are a, a partisan uh, Democrat yes it's a part it's, it's a moment of hey look at what we did we may have been able to take out one of our political opponents not for any crime he committed, but because we were able to twist the the, the logic and reasoning of uh, a, a group of bad actors into somehow being a call for insurrection by a president 
when he specifically called for a peaceful demonstration. Now, I'm not a Trump fan. I'm not. But I I believe it's wrong for any American to be subjected to such political hackery as the January 6th. That includes not only the president, that includes the men and women who have been imprisoned uh, without charge, who have been overcharged, who have been, uh, in, in some cases, apparently submitted to cruel and unusual punishment. They have not gotten a speedy trial. They have not had their day in court. That is the shame as well. You have a bunch of politicians prancing around for the cameras while American citizens sit in jail some of them for nothing more than supposedly trespassing on public property, property they partially own. Now, this is a day of infamy, not a, not, not a day of jubilation. And since they referred uh, um, charges to the Department of Justice, or as I like to call them, the Department of Injustice, uh, there, there's, there's little justice that can be found at the top levels of the Department of Justice. Just take a look at what we've been learning about part of that Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, or again, the Federal Bureau of Intimidation. See, evidence has come out that uh, the FBI gave access to confidential information to Twitter. Well, to help in their censoring of political opponents. Now, what's interesting is this is not the political opponents of the the president, because at the time, Donald Trump was president. No, these are the political opponents of the FBI, America's Gestapo, our our Stasi, our secret police that now are silencing. They They are working with a third party to censor political content they don't like. And now what? See, now we have some of this information. It has come out. What are we, the American people, going to do about it? Are we going to demand the top levels of the FBI be impeached and removed from office, prevented from ever serving in the United States again? Are we going to look at Twitter not as a news platform or even a free speech platform, but as a propaganda platform designed to promote a political agenda? I heard a statistic, something like 15% of the American people say they get their news from Twitter. That scares me. Because if 15% of the people are getting their news from the American Pravda, well, it explains why so many people have such a twisted and distorted view of what's been going on. Now, we have evidence that... uh, the FBI not only meddled in the 2020 election, they meddled in the 2016 election, they meddled in the 2022 election, and I have every reason to expect they're going to meddle in the 2024 election. And I know a lot of people are going to say, see, voting doesn't matter, and they're going to give up and they're going to walk away. And to me, that's the wrong answer. When someone storms your gate, your, your, your response shouldn't be to throw down your weapons and go see what's on the idiot box. It should be to stand your ground, to reinforce your position. See, rather than than, than ceding the ground, than simply admitting that the FBI has won and and they now control the elections, we should be mounting our own offensive. We should be mounting to let people know just how evil 
the FBI and DOJ are, how evil Twitter is, Facebook, YouTube, Google, as we find more and more evidence of these bad actors. You know, too many people sit back and say, well, what can we do? They're the public square. No, they're private organizations. There are ways. There's a reason why, you know, earlier this year, uh, I actually posted a video on YouTube saying, hey, guess what? One day I expect YouTube to kick me off, probably for saying something right out of the Constitution of the United States. Here are the other places you can find me. This program is on America Out Loud because they've promised not to censor me. The content is mine. You see, the answer to the suppression of information is not to capitulate. It's to provide it's to find other ways to share the word, to spread the message. You know, when when a river encounters an obstacle, it doesn't just give up and go home. It finds a way around the obstacle. It, it goes around it. It goes over it. It goes under it. It finds a way to get around the obstacle. That's what we, the American people, need to do as well. It's one of the purposes here of the Constitution study. It is a way around the obstacle, the obstacle of law schools that don't teach the Constitution, of judges who don't know what the Constitution says, and yes, of media, both social and corporate, that wants you ignorant of your rights, ignorant of what it means to, to be free, ignorant of the power you have as American people to control your government, not to be controlled by it. The infamous power of one of the smallest words in the English language. No. We shouldn't give up in the face of adversity. We should buck up. We should... should Reground our faith in what we know to be true and march forward. And when people get in our way, if we can't convince them, we simply go around them. So that's the beauty of liberty. Liberty says, if someone disagrees with me, I don't have to change their mind. I can just walk away. I can walk around them. I can find others. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person behind you that's actually listening to what's being said, that will, will look at the evidence I've provided rather than simply blow it off because it disagrees with their, their current worldview. Look at it this way. Now, whether or not you believe Jesus is the Savior, the Messiah, whether or not, that man changed everything. We are living in the year 2022 A.D. Anno Domine, year of our Lord. The calendar changed based on the birth of this man. Before Christ, year of our Lord. Sure, they've tried to take that away from us as well, right? We've got B.C.E., before current era, or CE, current era. But that era is marked by the birth we're going to celebrate in a couple of days. If that could be done, what can you do? There was a, an election in Georgia that got changed when they found a USB key with a few hundred or 1,500 votes on it. You can make a difference. Not simply because you were one of those votes, but who is the person that found the key? Who's the person that's, that is holding 
their county election officials accountable? Who's watching the watchers? See, I know we're not to New Year's yet, and I'm going to talk about that probably next week. But this would be a good time to maybe decide to wrap yourself a little present. No, I'm not talking about uh, something, a gift you, you wrap and put under the tree. A present to yourself, a present to your family, a present to coming generations. The present of learning the supreme law of the land. It's only about 8,000 words. It's not that hard. It's not that long. But I think it's time we wrap ourselves a little present to d- decide that we're going to learn what this means so that we can provide the present of liberty, of freedom, of justice to our neighbors, to our children, to our grandchildren, to all the following generations. In, in the preamble of the Constitution, the framer said that we, the people, do ordain and, and, ordain and establish this Constitution for many reasons, one of which was to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. It's not something you can put under a tree. It's not something you can stick in a stocking. But I know for me, that is a present I'm working day in and day out to leave to my daughter. And eventually one day, I hope my grandchildren. Is that a present that you're willing to work on as well? If it is, I hope you come join us here at the Constitution Study. Yes, we've got the radio program. There's also the website, constitutionstudy.com, where we've got uh, articles and videos where you can ask questions and find resources. And I've got some plans for next year that you may find interesting. But look at not as, as, as something you do for fun or, or something that you do at, at, you know, for yourself. Consider it as an investment. An investment as a present for the next generation. You know, when I had nieces and nephews that were born, I bought each of them a savings bond. Now, to me, it was an investment in their future. It was money that they could use, hopefully, for for education or, or maybe to start a business or to pursue whatever dream they had. That's the way I look at studying the Constitution. It's an investment in the future of America. Now, maybe the Grinch, we call the federal government, wants to load your stocking up with, with coal. But you know what? You can always leave that extra present. You can always take your children's stocking and stuff it with a little present of justice, of liberty, of the inheritance of being an American. And for those of you who are not American citizens, you can invest as well. Yes, you're not allowed to vote, but you can help educate your children, either those who who are citizens or may become citizens, to make sure they understand not only what their rights are, how they can defend them, how they can assert them, what we need to do to make sure that America remains the land of the free and the home of the brave. See, that may be the greatest Christmas present given since the birth of Christ? I don't know. What I do know is this is not something that a few of us can do alone. 
we don't need a huge number, but we do need people to help. We do need people to, to join in, to study, to learn, most of all, to share. So I hope that you uh, consider this radio program, this, the Constitution Study, as a present worth sharing. If you do, please let people know. Drop that little note in their stocking. Let them know every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio Network, they can hear the Constitution Study. They can listen on the website through the media player or our apps for Apple, Android, or Alexa. They can also listen to the podcast on their favorite podcast app. Just look for the Constitution Study. The episodes usually come out a day or two after they're heard on the radio. So please go to the homepage at AmericaOutloud.com, find those links, make them that little presence, and share them so we can all share the blessings of liberty in this wonderful season. Good tidings we bring.